Hey there, welcome back to She Speaks Life. I'm so excited you are here listening to this episode. I wanted to remind you that I started doing solo episodes that God has been putting on my heart to do for a while. And I know if you're not doing something that the Lord has said to do, it's, well, basically disobedience. So I'm so happy to let you know I've got one episode I aired on Tuesday to kick it off and I pray that these episodes will strengthen your faith and increase trusting in Him as we follow His plans and purposes for our lives. And also to let you know the Serenity Journal, Calm Your Soul, Strengthen Your Spirit is 15% off plus free shipping using code VIP15 at checkout on my website jamieelizabeth.com and the feedback of how much you guys are enjoying this journal is such a blessing to me. For those of you who are maybe wondering, what is she even talking about? Serenity is a personalized scripture journal where you write your name within the verse. It includes five topics to choose from with two weeks of scripture for each one for whatever season you're in, such as contentment, confidence, loneliness, hope, and peace. In addition, our journal prompts and an activation prayer to release your faith for what you are hoping God will do in your life. It makes such a great gift for the holidays coming up too. So take advantage of the sale and grab whatever amount you need. Okay, today I sit down with author and journalist Paula Ferris. Paula was a co-anchor of Good Morning America and so much more. She is the founder of Carrie Media, which advocates working moms by championing and supporting them to ditch mom guilt and burnout to create positive change in their lives and the lives of other women. We are talking today about Paula's book called You Don't Have to Carry It All, Ditch the Mom Guilt and Find a Better Way Forward. We cover everything from her personal story of being a mom in the workplace to what made her begin Carry Media and why it's important for companies to support moms who work for them. No matter if you're a mom that is in the workplace or a mom at home, you'll love this great conversation conversation that one is not greater than the other. There's no competition for us moms. And that really at the end of the day, we are called to motherhood no matter what it looks like. So let's dive into this conversation. It's so good. Here's my guest, Paula Ferris. Hey, Paula, welcome to She Speaks Life. I am so glad you are here today. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yes, I love this message that we are going to talk about. I was excited when it came across my way. You wrote a book called You Don't Have to Carry It All, Ditch the Mom Guilt and Find a Better Way Forward. And we're going to talk about this uh, common thing I think working moms do struggle with. Mm And your message is uh, about where, you know, working moms feel this conflict with working and momming and that they may feel overwhelmed or burned out or maybe even face 
in the workplace being treated as a risk rather right. than an asset because they're a mom. So I can't wait to dive in deeper in your message. But before we do, I'd love to start us off with our conversation with what is your favorite scripture verse? I think we can find out a lot about a person by just asking, <laughs> what's your life verse? <laughs> well, growing up, I would have said, um, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, but like, I think the yeah. last 30 years, it's been Joshua 1 9. Um, and it says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God's with you everywhere you go. I actually have that hanging in our foyer. I bought it from Hobby Lobby mm -hmm. and it has spoken to me so much the last 30 years uh, in the sense that God acknowledges our fear. He says, um, you know, Have I not commanded you? to be strong and to be courageous. Um, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged uh, for, you know, and I will be with you everywhere you go. So what that tells me is he acknowledges we're gonna feel fear. He commands us to press into it. You know, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Uh, and then he promises he's gonna be there no matter how scary it is. And uh, he's gonna be there for us uh, no matter what. And for me, that's given me the permission to allow my peace and fear to coexist at the same time. Because so often I was like, oh, if I'm scared of it, then that's like God telling me I shouldn't do it. No, mm -hmm. like God says, fear is gonna be there, but I've commanded yeah. you to be strong and to be courageous. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. So mm -hmm. fear and peace, I can have a peace I'm supposed to do something. And that's looked like a lot of different things over my life, whether it was blowing up my life, you know, or like going for my dream, uh, risking it all, or just like, or recently, you know, becoming a founder and kind of resetting our lives as a family. It's given me the permission mm -hmm. to let, to reconcile the peace and the fear at the same time, knowing that I'm commanded to step into it. And God's always going to be there. Yeah, I love that because he always follows with the fear with who he is, right? Mm -hmm. His character and that promise. Uh, so he he gives us a, a reminder mm -hmm. to um, bolster up, be uh, living in courage, not fear. So I love how you champion working moms and helping and supporting them by uh, ditching that mom guilt that we may have <laughs> and uh, lead them in creative, positive change in their own lives and even the lives of other moms, because mm -hmm. I think that's very important that we're building up other women uh, where they are. If we're going through something and, and we've gone through it with the Lord, then we have a mission to help others to show them. This is how God totally. got me through and this is what he showed me. So I know your message is about the working mom. So, so let's start with your story. Why do you feel that this is one of the most important messages? Like, why did mm -hmm. you write this book? I wanna hear your story. Yeah, I wrote, you don't have to carry it all, ditch the mom guilt and find a better way forward. Because, you know, we talk about what we can do to support mothers in the world workplace, but I feel like we haven't really established why it's important. You know, you keep hearing, well, mother should be home. Well, guess what? That's not the reality for the majority of American families. Mm -hmm. uh, most moms work because they have to, and the majority of moms at some point will be the primary breadwinner for their families. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when, you know, as a journalist spending 20 plus years in television, you know, we're supposed to suss out inequities. And one of the greatest inequities that I found was uh, through my own experience of becoming a mother, uh, you know, in the workplace, I have three kids, but seeing how I was treated once I became a mother, that all of a sudden I was a risk, I was a liability. And I realized this wasn't just a feeling, this is actually very pervasive in American culture. It's called the Amer the motherhood penalty, where once you become a mom, um, 
you're less likely to get hired. If you are hired, you're paid 70 cents on the dollar compared to fathers. You are passed over on promotions. You're deemed a risk and a liability. You're scrutinized for taking time away to be with your kids. Um, fathers uh, enjoy something converse called the fatherhood bonus, that they're more likely to be hired because they're the provider, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so I just saw how mothers were being treated um, and that motherhood wasn't celebrated. It was mm -hmm. scrutinized. And I'm like, okay, let's just think about this for a second. Mothers are marginalized and motherhood is penalized in this country. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have kids, we don't have a human race. If we don't have a human race, people, we don't have a labor force. We don't have a labor force. We can't grow this economy. Why are we, right. why are we scrutinizing and penalizing mothers? And mm -hmm. so this book was just my way of addressing that mar marginalized group of mothers, but to give them hope, to give them a hug and a sword to empower mm -hmm. them. Um, to know there is a better way forward, but also to really fill in the blanks and provide some myth busting and context as to how we got to this point. You know, I look historically yeah. through American families. I talk to um, researchers, theologians, sociologists, moms from all walks all across the world to figure out like, okay, you know, what we can do to give working moms the support they need and also why it's important, why mm -hmm. it's important. And one of those chapters was really the, a lot of the tension I have felt growing up as a person of faith was, well, your place is in the home. But I'm, and I've struggled, wrestled with that tension. And I know a lot of women who have grown up in certain traditions and faiths, um, cultures that their roles have been diminished, either in society or home or work. I really tackle that too. So, but it's a mainstream book yeah. and I want it to feel like a rallying cry. And, and mm -hmm. it's very, it's very helpful and hopeful. Yeah, I mean, look up Proverbs 31 woman. I mean, mm -hmm. she was uh She was a one... domestic housewife, Jamie. Okay? That's all and... she was. <laughs> <laughs> and she sold goods and she invested yeah. and she she was a merchant. Like she did things outside mm. her home also. It clearly she... states that. Well, yeah, she was a manager, a master negotiator. Yeah. She bought a field with her earnings. The stability yes. of her community rested on her because her husband, mm -hmm. you know, husband's at war. And we often reduced, and there's nothing wrong with being a housewife if that's what you feel chosen to. But I think a lot of us in the faith circles feel like that's the only choice we have and that we're outside of God's will if we choose to do anything else. And right. and you look at the Bible and, and that's not the case at all. It's just been turned and weaponized against women often. And um, so I wanted to provide some freedom for that, too. But, yeah, she was she yeah. was a baddie. I mean, she yeah, really was the Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And let's not diminish stay at home. I was a stay at home no, mom, same. but the Lord yeah. designed me and shaped me where I don't, I, I would probably not do it while doing both. I, I'm just right. not a multitasker. I mean, right. my husband is, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm not. So I know God designed me to yes. now start a small business now that my kids are grown because mm -hmm. now I'm shaped to be able to do that and focus on that. Yeah. So everybody is shaped differently. And yes, um, there's nothing wrong with either one. And so I love that, you know, it was interesting in your book that you say that mom guilt is an American thing. I was mm -hmm. like, wow. And that yeah. it, it doesn't exist in the other countries. <laughs> Expand on that because that was interesting well, to read. It doesn't it doesn't exist to the levels that it exists that we here do. in America. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you talked about being a, I call them slay at home moms. And yes, all moms work. So people are like, well, Paula, you're 
language is divisive. Look, I'm just standing up for a marginalized group of mothers in the workplace. Yes, I know right. all moms work. In other countries, women don't have really a choice to stay home. Okay. Mm -hmm. They don't have a choice but to work. And they take a lot of pride in working and um, and in helping to contribute financially to the home. They don't carry that guilt because, number one, attitudes are different in other countries. They have an incredible amount of support from their families, from their communities, from society. Just the attitude of, I am my brother's keeper. They, there's not this expectation that you have to be a mommy martyr and you can't ask for help. I mean, it's not stigmatized to hire a housekeeper or somebody to help clean or cook. It's very affordable. Mothers are not expected to carry it all. There is a beautiful interdependence upon the community to help raise the children as a village. You have family members living with you. It is not a burden to ask for help. It is expected. So that right there is different. And then policies, you know, support families in Europe, you know, you have education, um, that starts at ages two and three, and a lot of it is subsidized here in America. It's like mm -hmm. your kid, your problem. You know what? The government's going to give you a $500 tax credit for childcare. I'm sorry. Our families are priority in this country. Are we family friendly? Because it certainly doesn't feel like it. Right. And right. so it's just a different expectation here in America. Um, we we feel like we have to do it all. We have to carry it all. We can't ask for help. If we do, we're weak. Mm -hmm. We're a failure. Um, I can't talk yeah. about the cleaning people that beautiful people that come to my house once a month because <laughs> I'm privileged, right? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I have to be a mommy martyr. I have to do it all. I have to carry it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No wonder we're burnt out. It's mm -hmm. not health. It's not healthy. It's not healthy for us. It's not healthy for our children. It's not healthy mm -hmm. to display that. So mom yeah. guilt's not really a thing in other countries. And yes, they're dealing with war and famine and poverty and other things, but like mm -hmm. families are supported. Motherhood is supported. It's celebrated and they don't have a, really a choice but to work. So they don't feel yeah. any, and they don't, and they, they actually enjoy it. They take pride in helping to, helping to financially provide. Right, so. right. And I mm -hmm. think too, like if you have your priorities, like God, family, work. I mean, if mm -hmm. that is all yes. aligned, like Absolutely. God's going to bless that. You're not going to mm -hmm. feel overwhelmed, guilt, burnout, because you've got your priorities. Uh, Absolutely. Right. Okay. So you left the TV news, I believe around 2020, correct me if mm -hmm. I'm wrong. And then you nope. founded Carrie Media, which advocates mm -hmm. for working moms. What brought you to that pivotal point where you're just yes. like, Woo, I'm going into <laughs> this well, other thing. You know, you were talking about being a stay at home mom. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. I... So I had worked in television news for a very long time, you know, worked my way up from Dayton, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, Chicago, and then the network level. 2018, I got super burnt out. I was anchoring Good Morning America weekends at the time. I was co-hosting The View, and I really felt God say, slow down. And so I did. Um, that was 2018. I stepped into a much less prestigious position at ABC and just a general correspondent. So I wasn't anchoring anything, you know, I just was reporting. Um, and a year later, I lost my job. Uh, very suddenly, right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I was not re-signed, and that was shocking and mm -hmm. had to figure out what was next, like a lot of other moms who yeah. uh, were forced out of the workforce, frankly, at the beginning of the pandemic because we bear the brunt of that because why wouldn't we when we're making 70 cents on the dollar? Do you see how the cycle continues right. to spin? It's only yes. going to fall on our shoulders. Um, and of course, it's up to the mom to raise the kid. 
<laughs> so, right. you know, don't get right. me started on so that. You're but, the first one to be laid off. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. I was so I, I was let go. I had to figure right. out what was next. Do I do the I I'd like this divergence? Do do I stay in the safe, comfortable, expected path? TV news had offers. I interviewed elsewhere. Or do mm. I kind of go for this thing? I didn't know what this thing was gonna be. I just knew I really had a heart for mothers in the workplace and how A, we have to often choose as women between kids and career you know, B, motherhood is not celebrated. It is scrutinized and penalized. And C, mm -hmm. uh, we there is the motherhood penalty once you become a mom, you're paid less and valued less and scrutinized more. And I was like, okay, God, I don't know what to do with it, but I know I need to like use my gifts of curiosity and question asking and in my networking and my um, experience in media. What can I do with this? And I just really felt God saying, you need to go for this. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I formed Carrie. Uh, carry media, C-A-R-R-Y. We want to help carry the burdens of women, mothers, because they're carrying so much. And um, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a founder, but I am a question asker. Um, I am an advocate. I love to get to the bottom of things. I will ask questions. And I was born curious. My nickname since yeah. I was a toddler was Paula 20 questions. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to use my <laughs> gifts and talents over here, God. Yeah. And right. it's been like, it's been almost two years. Um, and it's scary, you know, but I had to give yeah. myself permission to try something new. And yeah. we provide, Carrie provides load lessening content. So content for busy working moms. We have a weekly newsletter by and for working moms that's free called the Carrie All. You can sign up for it on Carrie Media or on our um, Instagram page. And I just, I really love uh, beating the drum for mothers in the workplace, standing up for them. I love, uh, you know, making sure, I want to make sure that motherhood is celebrated, that we aren't yeah. punished. Because if we don't have kids, we don't have, I mentioned it earlier, a human right. race to have a labor force yeah. to grow the economy. So stop punishing us. It's so ridiculous in this country how mothers are treated. And I really think so many of the issues we face as a society are in part to two mm -hmm. things, how we treat families, right, which is not mm -hmm. great, and how we treat mothers in the workplace, who most of them have to work. Um, and most will yeah. be the primary breadwinner. We cannot continue cycles of debt and poverty by treating mother, by punishing motherhood and punishing mothers in the workplace. Yeah. So good. Like you're a gap filler. I just see Thank this, you. Like, this bridge and gap filler. And, <laughs> um, so I, I love how you talked about rebranding. I think most of us who are building a business can't relate to this branding or rebranding uh -huh. and how you relate it to moms needing a rebrand. So what are yes. your thoughts on that? Oh, gosh. Well, it's like, how did we go from describing ourselves as mothers to, you know, hundreds of years ago as resourceful and hardworking and industrious mm -hmm. to um, broken and burnt out? Right. Mm -hmm. And um, but I do think mothers need a rebrand because there's this there's this um, there's perception and then there's reality. The perception is once you have a baby, once you have a kid, whether the baby grew in your heart or tummy, mm -hmm. there's this perception that, oh, she's counting Cheerios in the corner. She's not committed. <laughs> she's a risk and a liability. She has mommy brain there. She doesn't yeah. know what's going on. Okay, let's talk about the reality of what's happening. And the reality is, and this is what I loved. I totally nerded out with the book. Um, I mean, I interviewed all types of thought leaders and scientists and theologians and sociologists and historians. And one of the chapters is about what scientifically, scientifically what's happening to us when we become moms. Our empathy grows, our efficiency grows, okay? Our courage grows, our vision grows. Um, we're better leaders and our emotional IQ, our social cues, like 
we have become like almost the ideal employee where there's no one more productive, loyal, and efficient than a mother who is right. well supported and not punished for being a mother. And so I'm like, why are we talking about this? Why? Like, right. I, I am your ideal employee, but I need you to support me as a mother first and do not mm. punish me. And you are starting yeah. to see employers who are realizing this, like, oh my gosh, moms are like the most underrated workforce on the planet, but I need to allow her to be a mother first instead of punishing her. Like I just had, I have a very small team. It's like me and two others, okay? And and half of our team was on maternity leave and um, she was gone for 12 weeks mm -hmm. and she came back. And when I'm reintroducing her, I'm like, you know, let's say welcome back to Diana, who is now more, she's even, this is her third baby. She's now even more efficient and more empathetic and more, she's a better leader yes. and better human because of motherhood. Motherhood has made her stronger. Um, yeah. it, it's not in spite of motherhood. It's because of motherhood. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say moms need a rebrand because we're pretty incredible. So stop treating us like we're count Cheerios in the corner and we don't know <laughs> what we're doing. I mean, I think, yeah. I think we, we could change society and this is not a case against men. I have a whole chapter in my book dedicated to inviting mm -hmm. men into the conversation, right. addressing the, their toxic expectations that they've been dealing with since they were young. Uh, and so just kind of getting into their mind of like what it's like for them to be on the other side of this. Mm -hmm. Um, but mm -hmm. I just, I, I just think like we could change American culture so much if we were represented in boardrooms, if we were represented at the decision making tables, because the way that we we become better leaders, we, mm -hmm. you know, most employees would rather work for a women or mom led company. Um, most women led companies tend to be more profitable when moms lead. Um, you know, employees believe that anything is possible. And that's not, yes. it's, that's not a case against anybody. It's a case for moms. We bring something so unique to the table. And it's through the vein of my family is first, you guys. And if you really want to value, like we need to value people and humans and families. We could change policy. We could change attitudes about family. We could change corporate America. We could change culture if we had a seat at the table. And that's what I, yeah. that's how I really think, yeah, we can wait for government. I'm not waiting for the government to do it. Let's no. make sure that we have a seat at the yeah. table to help mm -hmm. inform the decisions. Yeah, it takes us. I love that. When I was momming littles, I did feel this division between mm -hmm. working moms and the stay at home moms. Yep. What, how, how do you think we can do bring these mm -hmm. two groups together where can yep. the unity start to happen yeah <laughs> it's yeah the mommy wars i address that and i think yeah. it's it's just first of all our language you know like i call stay-at-home moms stay-at-home moms and mm -hmm. you know mothers in the work we're working i know all moms work but it's mm -hmm. we have to if we wonder why we're fair game in culture we have to wonder why we're first fair game in our own circles Oh, did mm -hmm. you see how she's raising her kid? Oh my gosh, she can't be committed. Who's raising her kid? She's working all the time. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. how are we talking about one another? We don't know the other mother's story. I just think we have to respect that. Right. Um, we have to respect every mom's journey and choices yes. for her family because Amen. not everyone has the, it is a luxury and a privilege to be able to stay home. It's a, it's a privilege right. and, and I stayed home for a while. I recognized it as a, as a privilege. Mm -hmm. Most moms don't have that privilege. 
And right. so it's so it's it's we just have to understand what works best for our family isn't always yeah. going to work what's best for another family and respect that they're making the best choice and see how we can support them. Imagine what we could do mm -hmm. if we supported one another in our own circles and created that village mentality and say, you don't have to carry it all. I'm gonna bring you dinner. I'm gonna babysit your kids on a Friday. Like you're just respecting the other person's decision. That's yeah. it. And realize that their circumstances might not be your circumstances. And mm -hmm. we shouldn't villainize work. God put vocational, mm -hmm. um, he, he put vocational desires on our heart. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, we're mm -hmm. a mom first. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but the most important thing I've done is inviting my kids into the conversation about the work that I'm doing and how I'm shining my light, why it's important for our family, mm -hmm. not just to help provide for the family, but the work I'm doing, how I'm shining my light, the things God has put on my heart. Mm -hmm. They get real excited. Like, okay, mom, tell yeah. us about who you're going to talk to today. And mm -hmm. they start, if I've invited them into the process, and mm -hmm. said, is this an acceptable amount of travel for our family? Because it's got to work for everybody. I mean, I missed the first day of school, right. okay, because I right. was at hosting a leadership conference, but they didn't make me feel guilty. And you notice the way you talk about it, they'll pick up on it. If you mm -hmm. feel like you're the worst mom in the world because you have to be away, they're going to make mm -hmm. you feel like, because kids pick up on 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 the way you talk about it right. um they have your something action. called they, they they have something called mirror neurons which i learned from a friend and they're like if you say i'm the worst mommy in the world i missed the first day of school they're going to say that but if you're like hey you guys we have a village around us um you guys are going to be just fine we've taken care of it and you know there's other people that love you mommy and daddy get to go do some really cool things hey here's what mm -hmm. we get to do when we're out like my kids didn't make me feel guilty at all because they know the work i'm doing is important to our family and they are yeah. a part of what what i'm doing this isn't yeah. just mommy working in a silo this is me working with our family inviting my right. kids into what i'm doing why it's important so they feel personally vested mm -hmm. and they do not hold they don't make me feel bad about it. They they actually yeah. love it. So yeah, it's a team, right? It is. And it is. I, I, yeah, and you know when you're when you're working and you're being on purpose, intentional to spread the gospel, to be a witness, to spread the light, like you said. I mean, that's key right there. And when you were talking about the division among the the mom groups, the mommy wars. Um, you know, just not being in competition with each other. I right. Think, and, oh, and, that's good. Yeah. And, and comparison, just stay in your lane. That person was shaped and designed to do it this way. And you were shaped and designed to do it this way. And it mm -hmm. doesn't make someone any greater than the other, yeah. you know? So right. I think that's a good thing to remind ourselves also. That's okay. Right. You uh, talk about uh, supporting moms in the workplace and how good it is for business. And I am too passionate about that. I went out of my way. I'm trademarking She Speaks Life. And oh, I great. found a mom to be my attorney. And without good. even <laughs> you coming on the show, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is so great to bring up because I felt so good because I'm all about giving those moms, those women, the opportunity. I mean, there was a mm -hmm. plethora of men attorneys out there that I could have chosen, but I had this one mom that reached out and I'm like, yep, this is her, for her, you know, to, yes. to get my trademark through. So, so w what's your why? This is so mm -hmm. valuable. I know you mm -hmm. can expand more on this. Having a little context helps, helps me a ton in the research that I did. Just knowing that most moms have to work. 
Okay. And mm-hmm. most moms will be the primary breadwinner uh, for their family. Understanding that helped me kind of see outside of my own circumstances because we are informed by our own circumstances. But mm-hmm. I think the workplace is more valuable with our voice, with our vision, with our leadership. I mentioned earlier how scientifically we grow in so many different capabilities. And that's just not just mothers, that's parenthood in general. Parenthood strengthens your courage and leadership and vision and social cues, your emotional IQ. Motherhood scientifically increases your empathy and your efficiency, your capabilities. Um, We're an asset to the workforce. We are not a liability and a risk. Again, it's that difference between perception and reality. Mm -hmm. And we bring something so unique. But companies also have to understand, yes, like when you hire a mom or you hire a parent, you're getting top talent. You are. You're getting the most effective, efficient, loyal, productive employee that you can find. Moms and parents don't leave if if they are well supported. You have to support them. And um, companies that don't pay attention to that are going to be left in the dust. Because even if they're not valuing families now, guess what? This next generation behind us, Gen Zs, millennials, they're going to comprise like 70% of the workforce in a couple of years. And they want something different. They want work like that elusive work-life balance they want to they want their measurables to be measured they don't want to feel like they have to come into an office just to come into an office five days a week so i also think like we need to know and advocate for our worth okay on one side but corporate america and culture has to also value and and start committing to measuring the measurables um, okay the workplace was not set up for families to thrive i mean especially when i have a Two, two thirty, three thirty, and four o'clock pickup for school. Um, right. We have we have to change the way we do business. Even the pilot programs for four day work weeks have been transformative uh, for mm-hmm. mental health, for productivity. We got to commit mm-hmm. to measuring the measurables, and that's where there's an onus on corporate America and society to kind of change and reframe how we've been doing things for a while. Yeah. Um, and but but more so honoring how unique our voice and vision is now that we become a parent. That parenthood has made us an asset and not a risk and not a liability. Yeah. Do you think now working remote since the pandemic, that's helped a little because there's I mean, a little more flexibility and right. doing both? Yeah. And, you know, there's like a, a lot of these companies, though, they're like mm-hmm. back to the office. Yes. Because that's the comfortable way of doing business. And I'm like, you guys, if you yeah. don't start listening to your employees, you're going to get left in the dust. You're going to face a retire a retention and hiring deficit if you aren't mm-hmm. already. Because again, that next generation wants something different, and it's not mm-hmm. just parents that want flexibility. Like the Wall Street Journal um, did a, a study not too long ago: ninety five percent of employees, all employees <laughs> that are eligible to work, want flexible schedules. Um, 80 something percent want hybrid location. Listen Mm -hmm. to your people. They want something totally different and they hold the power now. And yeah, it might work for a little bit um, to call people back in the office, but you're going to start losing people. Start valuing people for people first. You're going to get the most out of them. I think there's just this fear Mm -hmm. that we're not going to be as productive and efficient. Yeah. Um, But you can be even more so. But you've got to let go of the previous expectations and um you know commit to measuring the measurables you really do yeah so good okay i love to end each episode with a takeaway that the listener our friend here can ponder on or take action in Mm. what would that be paula 
Oh my gosh. The takeaway would be um, you don't have to carry it all. And the reason for that is that, yes, there's this expectation to do it all, to carry it all. You can't hire help. You're privileged if you are, you know, there's that stigma around it. We were not meant to carry it all. Um, it is not, it's, we are making ourselves mentally and physically and emotionally unwell by trying to carry it all. Something that's helped me is just to realize, like, I have to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And there's, that's not weakness. That's right. strength. I have a village that like lifts me up. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be that perfect Pinterest mom. I'm not trying to be there for every single moment. That's fine. If I'm not, my kids are going to be just fine when they have other people helping to raise them that I trust, you know, speaking life into them, their youth leaders or f- strong friends, their coaches, you know, putting them in position to be influenced by other people that you love and respect. You don't have to carry it all. Stop trying, stop trying to do it all. Ask for help. Create that village if you don't have it. Be that help mm-hmm. to somebody else. Show up for them. Inconvenience yourself. Because a village, if you want to be part of something bigger than yourself, you have to be willing to be inconvenienced. And one thing, there's a great visual a friend of mine gave me. And she said, Paula, you know, I like I'm done trying to be a perfect mom. I just am. I'm not trying to be perfect. I own my mistakes. I'm gonna make a mistake every day. She said, there's two kinds of balls that you have to keep, you know, there's glass balls and plastic balls. Keep the glass ones in the air because those, if you drop those shatter, the plastic ones, let those fall. They're going to bounce anyways. So that has forced me to prioritize what's important, what's not. And I go into every day saying, I know I'm going to drop some balls today and that's okay. I'm going to drop the plastic ones and not the glass ones. So I'm not trying to carry it all. I'm not trying to be perfect. I ask for help and I own my imperfections and that's, fine. That's actually how it was created. I was created to a need of interdependence. And that's what I'm trying to go back to where I need help. And that's, and that's actually strength, not weakness. Gosh, where were you after I had my third kid, (laughs) I had to hire someone to help me, but it didn't just come easy. I had a battle Mm -hmm. with that guilt with the, oh my gosh, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do it all? You know, I needed a voice like yours to be like, it's okay to ask for help because you do. I felt weak. I felt like Mm -hmm. a less than, uh, but that's not true. So yeah, I, it's not true, yeah, but that's, that's, it's, it's very much an American thing. Yes, and it is. Yeah. So you don't have to carry it all. You don't have, no. don't try to be that perfect mom and be that if I hear a lot of times from moms, like, well, I don't have a net village, create one. There are Facebook groups. There's community. Yeah. You take the first step. You take somebody dinner. You say, I'm going to babysit your kids on Friday. You babysit my Mm -hmm. kids on Friday. I'm going to pick your kid up from carpool. I'm going to take your kid to volleyball or baseball or soccer practice today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do so. I'm going to clean your house. Mm -hmm. Take the step. Create the village. Create the community. You can do it. It's like we have to also step outside of our comfort zone and be willing to be inconvenienced. That's what being, that's what doing life is. That's right. what we, that's so how we actually live best is that beautiful interdependence and community in that village. Like it takes a village, start, you have to create it. And yeah. it starts with you saying, mm-hmm. I'm not carrying it all anymore. I need help. Yeah. So good. I know. I know friends that, you know, take turns watching each mm-hmm. other's kids and that helps, yep. you know, that's great. Like you said, that's great. community moms helping moms. Okay. Where For can sure. everyone find your book and connect with yes. you? You don't have to carry it all. Ditch the mom guilt and find a better way forward. Here, I'll show you a copy of it. Um, this one is my own personal copy. It's all tabbed and gross, but <laughs> I love it. you don't have to carry it all. Ditch the mom guilt, find a better way forward everywhere. Books are found. 
pick it up at your independent retailers if you can, the small mom and pop jobs, also on Amazon. Um, and you can connect with me at Paula Ferris, F-A-R-I-S, and Carrie Media is the name of the company that I formed mm -hmm. to provide content for busy working moms. And that's C-A-R-R-Y, like we wanna help carry the burdens of working moms because they're carrying so much. And we have that weekly newsletter every week, which I'd love for you to subscribe to. It's free, load lessening content. Um, for busy working moms, you can sign up uh, at carrymedia.com or on our Instagram page. So. So great. Awesome, Paula. <laughs> Thanks for coming Thank you, on Jamie. here. God bless. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today, and I trust that God has encouraged you through this story. Did you know this podcast is on YouTube? Hop on there and subscribe, and you can see a live recording of each episode. And for more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com. That's J-A-Y-M-E elizabeth.com and let's connect beyond this podcast by going to my instagram handle jamie elizabeth she speaks life or facebook until next time my friend i hope god reveals himself through your own life story